Old school Paul. New school Justin. Man, y'all still going to school though. <laughs> Sit down, listen up. Father, son, y'all think it's just another one. Fade the beta, they be grading players, all it's done is Made the piper pay me, and they've been grinding lately Up late, hit the waivers, don't hate the player, hate me It's just a game boy, never gifted one on Christmas Instead I asked for ships to hit everything off my wish list Check the litmus, do y'all really not get this? Hit this triangular shape button, I don't want you to miss this but I guess that's really none of my business Me risky free, cruise with pollen, Justin just listening Yards after contact and catch, that's a lot of distance The kind of info make me wanna blow opponents kisses But I gotta be clear, there was one key difference Relationship is deep in this vent of ellipses Like how Justin agreed to washing all the dishes I'm just grateful Paul turned the missing to the missus Father son pie, get down on the get down If you don't get it now, then get, get out Father son pie, sit down and get rich now if you're not feeling it now then get get out what's up everybody welcome to the father son fantasy football podcast and we are live on youtube what's up everybody my name is paul you just said your name was paul i said it again all right my name is justin and we are on youtube now instead of twitter because twitter always lags and we're joined by the one and only Stompy, long time no see. What's going on, Stompy? What's up, my yeah, boys? I I missed you guys. You're getting all high and mighty over here. Got jerseys in the background. Justin's wearing his stupid stupid glasses. Neck pillow. What's a neck pillow? About? I don't even know what the neck pillow I is. Don't you guys got like lights in the background. You got this whole got whole production, and <laughs> we're starting. Getting, we're starting. Getting big time on me. Yeah, uh. <laughs> we're not getting big time yet. Hopefully, soon come. We are a redraft podcast primarily, but of course, I was like, you know what? We can't just do redraft only. I've been getting my feet wet in a lot of dynasty leagues, so. Got to bring some dynasty content to people during this offseason. We got an exciting rookie class coming in as well. NFL draft next week. May not have sports right now, but we got something to look forward to. You got Dave Gettleman right here in front of me, basically. Your analytics, right? You got your big 10-subject binder full of paper. Where's and, my binder? I mean, Dave Gettleman, you didn't see where, his picture? Where, where's my binder? Well, you, you got one upstairs probably. You know, he's got no computer knowledge really. just has his big... Old school notes kind of thing. <laughs> it's not. It's not exactly a pretty situation for your Giants. But at least I have a team that I like. I don't trade. We're teams having every an year. intervention soon with Dan. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't trade teams every year because you pick a team. You think they're going to win ten games and they win like three. Whoa, 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 whoa. So we're, now, have, we're having. We're having an intervention. Change. No, no, we're having. I actually, I do now. I now that I think about it, the last time I was on here, we were talking about you changing over to the Browns. Yes, yeah. being a Browns yeah. fan. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. I, I, get on. I was. I was very. <laughs> I, I was skeptical of Baker. Oh, yeah. Yes. And I think I was right. Yeah, well. And... Oh, you want to talk about right and wrong we last right. year, Stompy. We had a big argument, which was a good argument, I think. It was a great argument for the podcast about Devonta Freeman last year. I was Listen. Just, hey, well, yeah, you had you got a lot right last year, too. Lamar Jackson, we... Come on. Come on. High five on Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Do I have to high yeah. five? Yeah. <laughs> high five. Look, none of us <laughs> are going to be who, right about everybody. Dave Gettleman in his 10-subject binder right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's you. That's you. Uh, you see that? I'll knock that phone right out of your hand. Put it down. <laughs> well, we got excited for the draft. Excited yeah, to see how it's going to work out over virtually. But, hey, I don't know. Last hey, year. It'll be something, though. It'll be something different. It will be. Definitely Times something different. Times are definitely changing. Definitely are. So, time's changing. You mentioned that. Perfect segue times into our first player. You just have nice-looking hair. Now you got hair, dark sunglasses inside, and a... <laughs> 
<laughs> a pillow buffer, whatever you got it around a your neck. neck pillow around my neck. But yeah, your 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 intro song should be what? Who sings? <laughs> I wear my sunglasses at night. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I don't know. Who Corey sings. Hart. Corey Hart. Yeah. I w- I wear my sunglasses at night so I can't. So I and I. That's all I know of that song. Hey. You sound like the songbird of your generation right there. I'm not going to lie. I liked it. So you mentioned times are changing. Before last season, there was a guy who people were like, oh, this guy doesn't catch passes at all. He can't catch the ball. Mr. Leonard Fournette, Uncle Lenny, what are you doing with Leonard Fournette and Dynasty? I don't know what you're doing. I guess more what's the outlook for this guy. So he's currently going running back 13 according to DLF or in safe leagues which is a lot of the startups I'm doing now by run by Scott Fish and Ryan McDowell he's going as running back 16 which is a pretty good value so 25 years old a little past the AJ Pax for running backs he's coming off a season where he had 100 targets are you drafting him at that price stat are you, are you probably passing on him and going other routes I know Austin Eckler is kind of going near him I prefer Austin Eckler to I Leonard take Fournette Austin Eckler. I'm not Stompy. afraid I'm not afraid to take Fournette though not okay. What do you got to say about Leonard Fournette? Um, if you're looking to sell him, not that I'm saying sell him. If you're looking to sell him, now's the time to do it before the season starts. But why? Well, he was a number four pick in 2017. Now he's entering his fourth season, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he should have another great fantasy year in 2020, but he could be on a different team in 2021, mm-hmm. right? If the Jags don't extend his fifth year option. So who knows where he's going to be next year or the year after that. So if, like I said, if you're looking to sell him, do it now before the season starts, right? The Jags should continue to remain a team built around the run game. I believe the value comes from usage, whether you believe his targets decline or regression for the team's rushing attempts. Um, but Fournette gets enough usage to produce at a high level. He did have a good year this past year. He had over 100 catches in a pass. No, yeah, 100, he had 100 targets. 100 targets in a pass game. So it's up to you if you want to sell him or not. Yeah, Stompy, can you help shed some light on Leonard Fournette? I personally like the price right now at running back 16 because he gets the opportunity. I would definitely take Eckler over him, though. Well, yeah. I'd take well, him. I would too. Yeah, yeah. If Eckler's there on the board and Fournette's there on the board, I'm taking Eckler over Fournette. In my most recent startup, I was sitting there, and Eckler was gone around earlier since so the fifth round. But Fournette was there, and Aaron Jones was there, and I was debating back and forth between those two guys. I decided to go Fournette, though, because still, you see Jamal Williams still getting work, and I think at the end of the day, Fournette's going to have more volume The, the only thing with Fournette Aaron Jones. is he's get, he got the volume, but I, I just got to ask you this. Don't say injuries. Where are the touchdowns? Well, that's exactly what happened. Last Where season, he had four no, touchdowns. I mean, that, that should be – I think you're focusing in – on it the wrong way paul it that is the right thing to focus on but i want you to think about this he had three Four. rushing downs for 265 attempts carries that is well below that that touchdown percentage is well below average for the nfl um any but but here's the thing with Leonard right he was still the rb7 despite only scoring three touchdowns on the season that's true so you have to, you don't have to, but you should expect positive regression for Leonard Fournette. And if he continues to get that type of usage, which I don't know why he wouldn't at this point, then you have to believe that he can be a top five running back this season. Um, 
the other thing that was nice about Fournette last season is he was healthy for like the first time in his career. Yeah. He he didn't miss one game, but he played 15 games, which was the big I think the biggest uh roadblock for me with him was like I just don't want to deal with the injuries and some of the other issues uh, around uh him in 2018. So I think he's a buy right now, honestly. I mean, at RB16, there's nobody on that team that's going to garner that many touches right? as of right now. Um, they're going to continue to lean on the run. Um, Not on that team, but like I said, who knows where he's going to be in 2021. That's, I mean, that's fair. You have, and, and you have to question running backs on their second contracts anyway. Now, now he's getting to the point in his career, and I believe we're on year four, where you do have to think about two, three years out, um, and especially because his uh, per game usage is extremely high. Sure. Um, he, it's not exactly uh, Ezekiel Elliott, but he's still getting two. He was at least four or broke two hundred fifty carries 260 carries in two of the last three seasons and he was on pace to do that in um 2018 so you have to expect another 250 plus carry season he was heavily involved in the um passing game 100 100 targets so i mean i would still expect him to get like 80 ish targets so you're looking well over 300 touches probably this season and the way he runs he's a bruiser yeah he's not a a miss tackle guy he's going to just blow through tackles and that's the other issue so while i i think he's a buy right now you do have to be wary that in two or three seasons he could be todd Gurley and just fall off the face of the planet um but for like win now teams i think his value is low enough to buy because i think you're going to see positive regression and a potential top five season but at the very minimum i think a top 10 season if he's healthy yeah, I think redraft purposes, he's got to be top 12 for you because you mentioned the opportunity he had last year. He was second among all running backs in opportunity share behind McCaffrey because, you know, McCaffrey didn't really come off the field at all. And 100 targets for Leonard Fournette is kind of crazy because you don't really expect it to see a guy like Leonard Fournette get those targets. But he did. And you mentioned the positive touchdown regression probably happening this year. He had four carries from the one-yard line and didn't score on any of those. Well, he scored on, I think, a one-yard touchdown, but he had four carries on the one-yard line where he didn't score. Maybe if you run that simulation like 100 times, he's going to at least get two of those. You you know, add touchdowns. Touchdowns score fantasy points. This guy should have, I would take a bet, above five touchdowns this year just based on the positive regression. And when deciding between him and Aaron Jones, it's kind of like the opposite end of the spectrum. You have a guy who had 19 touchdowns last year who you're probably going to see regress down back to the mean, whereas Fournette's going to go back up to the mean. So I better have Fournette than Aaron Jones in dynasty purposes because they still got Jamal Williams there, and they still – I mean, there's games where Jamal Williams still had 10 touches. So give me the workhorse and Leonard Fournette over Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones is very talented and better at football, but like – in in terms of redraft, maybe, but in dynasty, I don't know if I would do that. It's it's tough. Um, it's like flipping a coin, though. Both the same age. They uh they haven't extended Aaron Jones yet either. And there was a report from I think it was the GM of the Packers and I got saying how Jamal Williams is the best pass blocker on their team and they love him. Still. Oh, and he absolutely is. Yeah. Even though he, there were t- times last year he looked terrible. Yeah. Um, I the big the biggest concern for Aaron Jones is 
I, and, and I'm sure I think you mentioned it. I wasn't, I didn't necessarily hear it, but that he is due for a regression in terms of touchdowns. Yeah. Um, and I am trying to look up. Yeah. I mean, they also add like a Denzel Mims or Jalen Rager in the draft. That's going to hurt down overall volume to Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones I, as well. I, Adams missed I a lot of games last year too. Right. I, I, I am, I was talking about this on another, on Superflex Super Show yesterday. On the surface, the perceived value for a wide receiver two on Green Bay is relatively high because we've seen Aaron Rodgers uh, support top two top twenty four wide receivers. However, I think this offense in really, bro, uh, Green Bay right now is going to be pretty pretty uh, pretty balanced. They they ran a decent amount last year. It's still threw five hundred and twenty times, five hundred thirty times, something like that. But I, I just don't know if the volume is there for a second wide receiver or second pass catcher in general in Green Bay. Yeah, have to see. I think that. But anyway, we're not talking I, about I think, that today. Yeah, that was a tangent. So, <laughs> but with Aaron Jones, yeah, you. I mean, double digit touch. Did he have nineteen? Nineteen. Touchdowns? Yeah, I think it was nineteen. He had nineteen touchdowns. When was the last time we saw something like that? Me and Madden. I think you saw. Yeah, it. right. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, I you have to think back to like Ladanian Tomlinson to remember like those type of numbers. Oh yeah, it's, so he had 19 total touchdowns, 16 on the ground. Yeah. We just don't see that a lot. I mean, and he, it's not like he got a significant amount of attempts in the red zone either. He scored a lot from out. Sure. So that's one thing where it's like, okay, I, I think Aaron Jones is going to regress in the touchdown category. How much I don't know. But he very easily could go from 19 to 10, still be extremely productive, but you have to kind of figure out the balance there where, okay, how much do you think he's going to drop in terms of touchdowns and how much do you think Fournette's going to pick up? And then not, not to mention the fact that Leonard Fournette had 100 targets, he had 30 more carries. So, I, I mean, I get why you the argument that you would want Fournette over Aaron Jones, especially because, like you said, Jamal Williams is there and will be taking a, a significant amount of touches. I mean, not a – well, even if it's like 30 – and it's probably closer to 40% of the touches. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. I think both are fine options, but that's like splitting hairs between those two guys. It's like close. I, I'd be picking Eckler anyways. So. Yeah, exactly. If Eckler was there, I'm taking Eckler over both those guys as well. Yeah. Moving on to Kenny Galladay. No segue there for Kenny Galladay. It's just Kenny G. I love Kenny G. Matthew Stafford, before he got out, Kenny G was on an insane pace. Still was number one in deep targets last year. And Matthew Stafford lit it up. Was on. We talked about this with Aton when he was on the show, how he was on pace for QB2 in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Galladay is 26 and a half years old. He's older than people think. I don't know if I'm necessarily buying him in Dynasty unless I'm contending. And we're not talking redraft, we're talking dynasty, but redraft, I'm saying he has the ceiling to be a top five wide receiver this year. So I love Kenny Galladay. But he's currently going as the wide receiver 13 according to Dynasty League football and also in safe leagues. So at that price, are you drafting this guy or are you passing going somewhere else, Dad? No, I'll draft I'll draft him. Look, he's big, he's fast. I feel like Stafford is a good QB to have in fantasy because he's not afraid to throw it up there for Galladay to get at it. He's such a big frame. He can get up and grab anything. Right, he had a career year, um, and Stafford only played half of it. He broke a thousand yards. Right, there is room to grow in 2020. A strong season, but capable of a target rate was only 74 percent. He's still a great value for the upcoming season with, with Stafford returning, who ranked number one 
in percentage of pass attempts over 20 yards. So I think Galladay is going to see plenty of downfield opportunities and see a significant increase in quality targets in the year 2020. Yeah, I think it's a safe bet to say that Matthew Stafford's Stafford coming is, back healthy. Is better how, than how many Blau. more years he's got? I mean, it's a good fit for Galladay because, like I said, he can chuck it up there, and, and Galladay's so big he'll go, he'll go up and get anything. Yes. Well, and the nice thing about Galladay is he he still produced with David Blau. Yeah. Um, and uh, who's the other Driscoll. guy? Yeah, Jeff Driscoll. Um, <laughs> but he still produced. I mean, there were oh yeah two games basically without Stafford where Galladay had uh, under double digit fantasy points, and there were three games where and all nearly four where he had over over fifteen. So he still produced. He's a good like the thing is he's extremely athletic. He was good yards after catch. Um, and like like Paul said, he's he's a good 50-50 ball guy. Sure. And now hope I mean you get Marvin Jones back healthy, you get Carrion Johnson back, who and if he stays healthy, who knows? Um, and then you get Matt Stafford back, who was on pace for the best year of his career. Yeah. So the the funny thing about Galladay is that um everybody was concerned about the pass catchers after they uh hired Daryl Bevel as the offensive coordinator but they actually bevel opened up the the playbook for stafford and for those wide receivers and i mean the result was galladay having the best year of his career today air it out baby i love it you know i'm daryl bevel a lot of rush attempts but also lots of air yards and galladay was one of the few air yards kings last year fourth in yards per reception 16 yards per target seventh in target premium which is a metric that weighs out how he performed on his targets compared to other teammates. Your boy Marvin Jones, I think he's a solid option as well. I but like Kenny Marvin Galladay is an have. alpha, and if you're way to the party, you're way to the party. But in redraft, I love him this year. Dynasty, I'm okay with you trying to buy him, but it's probably going to be hard to get him off someone else's hands. Yeah. And I'm saying not really buyer beware, but he is getting up there in age, but not to the point where I'd be scared of buying him. I'd probably buy uh, a fair price. I mean, I, I would say he's probably not even in his prime at this point. Yeah, he's at 26 and a half. That's probably, age apex is 26 and a half to 27, so you're probably getting him at the apex. So... I'd probably, but I mean, yeah. but I mean, you still have probably a good four Three years. Four. Yeah. So I mean, um, yeah. so and, and in terms of dynasty, you you, I mean, this is this is should be just a a rule in general, but in dynasty, just you don't worry about anything past two or three years yeah, out. No, I agree with that. So in that because case, I mean, you should be turning your roster over significantly, or or should be looking to better that roster, change it most of the time anyway. So yeah. and now I'm looking to change some rosters in my leagues and a buy target of mine is my birthday brother, Robert Woods. I love Bobby Forrest. Bobby Forrest just Robert turned Woods. I think it was twenty eight years old on Friday, last Friday, and I turned twenty two on Friday. So me and Bobby Forrest we have something in common. So I love this guy, not only just because of that, because we've always said on his podcast we think he's the number one wide receiver on the Rams. Brandon Cooks gets shipped off. To the Brandon Texans. Cooks really didn't do anything last year. Anyway. Well, it still took away targets. He got hurt it a lot. Did, but it, it didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you think that so with Cooks off the field, Woods's average at the target went up from seven point two to nine point seven. His red zone target share went from eleven point nine percent to twenty three point one percent, and that's courteous of Debro, who's coming on the show. I think next week or the week after he's coming on soon. But nice little stat find there. So for Cooks not doing much, he did that much to help out Robert Woods when he was off the field, but. 
I think he's the easiest buy candidate in fantasy football right now. Yeah. He's still going at wide receiver 31. It's probably creeping up towards wide receiver 25 now because of this news. And I'm guessing more people are catching on like, okay, Cooks is gone. Let me draft Bobby Forrest a little higher. So you're, you got to be buying Robert Woods. Oh, I'm buying yeah. Robert Woods all day long. Oh, all finally, day long. They finally dropped Brandon Cooks in his huge contract, right? Mm-hmm. He had a huge contract that got rid of that. Uh, I think people undervalue Woods. Maybe not, not. I mean, he's definitely going to be the number one there. He was targeted at least nine times in 10 or 15 games last season. He grabbed 90 balls for 1,130 yards. He only had two touchdowns. Uh, they even used him in a run game to keep him involved. They did a lot of end of the rounds where he'd take the ball and go run down the field. Uh, I think he's going to bring in more touchdowns in 2020. The, the Rams ran more two tight end sets than any other team which is, I think, why they involved Woods in a run game a little bit, just to keep him, keep him active. And he's, he's definitely Goff's security blanket. So I like him moving forward. He's, he's the number one wide receiver there. I'm buying him all day long. Back-to-back seasons with 130-plus targets. Him and Cup, both very good options. I think Cup's more of a safety valve for I would, Jared Goff. I would take Woods over Cup all day long. Well, you don't have to. That's the thing. You don't have They're to. They're right but... next to each other. No, because Cup's going around wide receiver 18, wide receiver 17. You got Woods going a lot of receivers yeah, later. I, I would definitely take so, Woods all day. So, Stompy, what's your take on Robert Woods? I know you love Bobby well, Forrest as well. So, I mean, I, I've I've made it abundantly aware how I draft in startups, especially really just in, in any fantasy football. I always go RB heavy first. Um, so, I go zero wide receiver. Um especially like super flex where I'll go two or three running backs, two or three wide receivers or, or quarterbacks. And then I get my first wide receiver, like in the sixth or seventh round at the earliest. Who would you get? Who, that's and who's Calvin there at that well, time? and that's where, I mean, that's where Robert Woods yeah. comes in. Yeah. I mean, he is extremely undervalued sure. because last, last year or in 2018, he was the, uh, the wide receiver 17 in points. Um, or wide receiver 17, I believe. And this in 2019, he was a wide receiver 14. Um, I'm trying to look up what, Oh no, he was a wide receiver 10 in 2018 wide receiver, wide receiver uh, 14 last year. I mean, what else does a guy need to do? He is the top wide receiver on that team. And he's going to continue to be the top wide receiver on the team. Now that cooks is gone. Um, Yes, like Everett and Higby will be more involved, but you don't have the running back that's going to take that many targets. I still would expect Robert Woods to get 120 plus targets, and he's been ultra efficient is in the last three seasons with those targets. So, I mean, I'm getting him as my wide receiver one. It, it's like around like him and Boyd and Lockett that kind of area. But if I can get Robert Woods as my wide receiver one. Um, in the sixth or seventh round, like I'll take that all day because he still has the potential to be a back end wide receiver one. Sure. And if I can get him and Lockett or him and Cooks now, Cook because Cooks is the wide receiver one for Houston, which I have a ton of, which is hilarious because it's I I had a a suspicion that Cooks would be traded because of all the rumors, but it was more about value at that point. He was like the wide receiver 47, according to DLF ADP. I think you're going to see him do well in Houston, too. Oh, I, I agree. Um, now with Hopkins and, and, gone, I think he's going to, yeah. But, I mean, both, I would, I, Woods Woods and Cooks are were extreme values. I think their values jump a little bit with Cooks going to a different team. But having a wide, like I said, a wide receiver one 
or a potential wide receiver one that I get in like the sixth or seventh. I love that because I'm already in win now mode where I'm like, I can get two or three wide receivers that could very easily finish top 24 here. And I already have three potential top 12, top 16 running backs and three quarterbacks. I'm ready to win right now. And that's what you should be doing in, in dynasty. So that's why I like that strategy because I get very startable wide receivers late. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even to that strategy, you can get a Calvin Ridley and then take a Robert Woods and then your team's just like, oh, okay, I got two top 20 wide receivers plus the running back, so I love that. Robert Woods was second in yards after the catch last year, eighth in receptions, eighth in targets. He was also first in the league in cushion, which is how much room the defensive backs give this guy when he's running his routes and stuff like that. He was in the slot 30% of the time last year, had a 70% catch rate on 55 targets from Jared Goff, who I know you like Stomp people. He's not the most accurate thrower in the world. And that's 106.5 QBR when thrown to in the slot. So I like to see how he gets moved around. Can also be used out of the backfield, like you mentioned on his end of rounds. Now, we don't have it on the show sheet, but you think this also improves Cup's value as well? Or you think it kind of stays the same? I think he's more of a safety valve for Jared Goff. I- I agree. I, I think I don't think you're going to move him around very much. I mean, he's perfect in the slot there. Um, you mentioned Wood, Woods. Well, Woods' uh, depth of target is higher without Cooks. And I expect that to be the same, especially if they're going to run a lot of 12 personnel with the two tight ends. I would expect Cooks to have a lot more deep, um, deep attempts, which I think makes him more valuable. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think it's a win-win. In terms win. of Cup, I don't, I don't see how Cup's, Cup's um, position really changes. More targets, possibly. Like, you know. I mean, maybe, but he still got a. I think he now maybe Woods was the top target, um, but he still got a significant amount of targets. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, it, and it might be that he turns into a more safety valve because Gurley's gone. There's not really much of a pass catcher unless, unless you believe in like Darrell Henderson. Um, well, they're probably I, I think Woods. I think Woods gets the biggest benefit here because yeah. of his depth. Of I think Woods definitely gets the biggest benefit. I you bump Cup. I want. I want to share a. I'm going to roster bait on on the show right now. Go for I it. I want to share one of my rosters, my startup rosters. Um. So I have Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Marlon Mack is my top four running backs. Um. I obviously took Kamara, Jones, Chubb first in my first three picks. My uh, QBs are Jared Goff, Drew Locke, Matt Stafford. And then I have Tom Brady, Ryan Fitzpatrick as well. Jeez. Um, and then my wide receivers, though. This is where it gets astounding. I have Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, A.J. Green, Brandon Cooks. Wow. With that like, you have, <laughs> you have three, three potential wide receiver ones right there. And then... Um, and, and I'm including AJ Green in that. And I think Brandon Cooks can very easily be a top 24 wide receiver in Houston now. Yeah. And so now you see why that that works because so you went three you went just three th- running backs so- first. Yes. Would you do three running backs? Yeah, I went three running backs, three three QBs. And what would you get? So I went three one running backs, three QBs, and then I went and then I took, I believe Thielen first, okay. and then Woods. But that's just that's yeah. the I took Woods in the eighth round. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's the value you're getting, and there's so many late round, later round values for wide receivers that like, I just don't think it's worth getting a DeAndre Hopkins that early because I don't think that he's 
I think he's due for a regression in Arizona. Yeah, yeah we're talking startup um, strategy. I agree with the robust RB thing. The only wide receivers I'm going to possibly take in the first three or four rounds is if a DJ Moore falls to a round three or if an AJ Brown falls to a late fourth. Other than that, I'm hitting running back pretty hard. And yeah, I, I like know you Stomp, like going. I like Stompy's strategy. Yeah, right there. I know he you likes a QB, QB, QB. Right bat, I'm more of a one good quarterback. Let me get a little bit better wide receivers and then get two more quarterbacks. But. but it's, yeah, but I, I mean, I don't need the one elite quarterback because, like, Matt Stafford's going in the mid-teens in terms of quarterbacks. Yeah, like us, we just talked about yeah, yeah. him being the QB2 on pace to be the QB2 last season. If I, yeah. Jared Goff was has basically produced three QB1 seasons in a row. Yeah. Um, And then, like, I, I Drew Locke is my my second-year quarterback tout this year. So, oh, everybody listening, go get Drew Locke. Um, but, I mean, he's my third – I, I have two reliable starters, and then I have Drew Locke, who I think is going to break out. But I also have Tom Brady, who's going to have t- two decent seasons. Sure. So oh, I mean, more than two. He's playing for another ten years, Stompy. We know this. Okay. <laughs> well, he might be just like taking young people blood and you know, like the rich people do. But yeah, I mean, the idea being that, like I said, I especially at wide receiver, there's just a lot of value because let's be real, AJ Green when he plays is a wide receiver one. I mean, the last time he was healthy. He was putting up wide receiver one numbers. Now he was injured. Uh, he only played 10 games that season. But I, there, Adam Thielen is the wide receiver one without a Stefan Diggs. Robert Woods is the wide receiver one without Brandon Cooks now. Mm-hmm. Like there's just a ton of value at wide receiver these days because people, I, for some reason, move on from wide receivers too early where it, with running backs, I, it's understandable where you're like, okay, they're in year four, year five. I need to get out from under them before they start to hit that cliff with wide receivers. It's like they can be 31, 32 and that's when they start to hit the cliff. Yeah. So they have like a good four or five more years. Sure. So to get rid of like Adam Thielen, who's yeah. 29, 30 and has probably a good couple years to get rid of uh, Robert Woods. Uh, it, it seems kind of crazy to me. Yeah. Wide receivers retain their value longer than running back. So that strategy definitely works in dynasty. And it's one of my preferred ones too. We just differ on the three quarterbacks back to back to back thing, but I'm I love Stafford at that value, and I don't mind doing that like either or like doesn't you know I'm like I love having three good quarterbacks as well. I think you just like you're taking yours back to back to back, whereas I take one, wait a little bit, and then go back to back kind of thing. But either or, Stompy and I are very similar. We win fantasy leagues, you know. It just happens to be like that. And then you got some great what what I've won our league this year. You lost. Yeah, yeah. What am I gonna say? I lost. <laughs> so, so you mentioned value. There's a lot of value wide receivers. Best team I lost in the first round. Unbelievable. There's a lot of value wide receivers. It was gonna get to me because oh, I won eight eight games in a row, mm-hmm. and it caught up to me in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, Unfor- hey, unfortunately happens. But rookie wide receivers this year. There's a ton of great value in this draft there's a lot of it's a deep class we talked about running backs last night with russell clay go check that out on itunes subscribe you guys are new on youtube you guys made it here but outside of jerry judy and cd lamb i prefer lamb judy there's kind of a gap between who's next i think there's three guys that are kind of a comparison for number three but who is your favorite rookie wide receiver among jalen rager justin jefferson and denzel mims don't give me your explanation just say the name you first Jefferson for me. What about you, Stompy? 
I agree with Jefferson. Oh, I agree with Jefferson too. So this wow. is really awkward. <laughs> but I do love Jalen Rager, so I'll make my J- Jalen Rager he's, little piece. He's overrated, I think. Oh right, well, we guys, yeah, okay. Not everyone saying he's overrated, but it's splitting hairs between these three guys as of right now. It I is. think they're all going I, in the same spot. Yeah, I think Jefferson's probably gonna go first out of all of them. So I'll give the Jefferson with the landing spot. But I love Rager. He's very dynamic. 99th percentile burst score. Didn't really test that well at the four yard dash at the combine. He had his little pro day thing where he ran a 4-2-2-4-2-8. I don't believe that. I mean, he did cut down his weight from the combine from 206 to 197 when he ran that. But even with the stop watches, I think you're looking. Let's give him a 4-3-6. I think people were expecting to run in the four threes. He put on more weight, got a 4-4-7, but the timer didn't start until he was at like a .03, so it was like a 4-4-2. He cut down to eight pounds. I can see him running in the four threes. All right? Maybe a low four threes, but mid four threes. We'll give him. We'll play devil's advocate. Say mid four threes. So he's very fast, very dynamic. Same kind of uh, tout with Cam Akers. Bad situation. He had a very bad quarterback situation at TCU. So I'm interested to see where this guy lands. There's mock drafts have him going to Minnesota. There's mock drafts having him go to Green Bay. And now since Twitter's really hi- like kind of hyping this guy up, I can see him being the one that slips and falls into the late second round kind of thing. But. Draft capital is going to be important for these guys. Sure. And I agree as Jefferson, but I want to hear your Jefferson and Stompy's Jefferson reason why as well. You know, he's coming off a huge 2019. And people can say, is it just a product of the the great LSU offense? I don't think so. I mean, he, one thing he does, he struggles against man-to-man coverage. It's going to be a concern at the next level. Uh, he's, not a, he's not a guy who will elevate a passing game on his own, but he's capable of posting numbers if he's in the right spot. In the right spot, I would love to see this guy go to Green Bay and, and help Aaron Rodgers really? help him out in his last couple of years. I think that would be a great spot for Jefferson. All right, hold on. Land. So would you rather see Jefferson in Green Bay, Stompy, or Philadelphia? I think Philadelphia is the ideal landing spot for him. <sighs> They're both good spots, though. I'm not going to plug either or. I'll be like, okay. Well, so for me, it's – I mean, what about – the? so I, I view Jefferson as – I mean, he played a lot of the slot. Uh, this last year with LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's a lot like Keenan Allen and Robert Woods that he can play all over the field. But I think um, he's significantly better in the slot, though. I think he played almost all. No, 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 I agree. Year. I agree. And they don't have a slot right wide receiver in either place. The The issue with Philly for me is you have the two tight ends. And I think that takes away from the middle of the field for the slot wide receiver. So, if anything, I think it'd be Green Bay. But my concern, we've—I've already voiced my concerns—that they're not going to throw nearly as much. Um, Baltimore, Baltimore would be a good spot too. They have two very young guys. Uh, um, so I, 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 I have to say Green Bay. I have to say Green yeah, Bay. I would like. I this would is probably like the better landing. Green spot. I think if Philadelphia's probably going to take him before that Green Bay gets to him, I think that's like the most popular landing spot. Philadelphia is probably going to go Jefferson or Ayuk. I think first round or Ayuk. Is it, is it Ayuk? I don't. I don't know. It's Brandon I, Ayuk. Ayuk. Okay. Yeah. I mean, hey, you know, let's see. But like you said, a fantastic season last year. I think he also had like a ninety-six percent catch rate as well. Grant, Joe Burrow, and the great offense kind of helped it. but And also the 4 4 at the Combine blew me away. Um, I was People were expecting like a 4-5-8 to a 4-6, and this guy comes out and runs a 4-4-4. And with a name that's as cool as Justin, I had to root for this guy. Like, he's my number three. Yeah, yeah good God. He's got nothing to do with the name, kid. <laughs> Whatever the case would be, I think he's going to have the best draft capital, too. Um, Denzel Mims, also a great wide receiver. Uh, he stood out at the combine testing above 95th percentile for every single metric and 
once again, Baylor didn't have a great QB situation as, as well. So draft capital for him is going to be interesting. Best comparable player, um, player profiler is Chris Godwin. That gets me. That gets me excited. I love Chris. Well, he's Godwin. big and athletic. He's got a he's got a good uh, fantasy ceiling. I think just because of his sophomore size. year breakout as well. And he looked the best at the Senior Bowl, according to people that were there as well. But all three of these guys are going to be good, I think, in the NFL. I think Rager, he's got the most, uh, I guess, controversial standpoint. But anything else about Rager, Stompy? I mean, no. I, he he had he's a great player. I mean, he re, he reminds me a decent amount of DJ Moore, and that he's more of a yak guy. Um, I don't know how much of of a route runner he is, how uh, or or in terms of his speed. I mean, he wasn't. He's not four two two fast. No, speed. I said I said four three, but and no, on I the know. tape, I you like... also see him pulling away from everyone else that's near him. And he also, being a shorter kind of receiver, he's able to high point the ball very well for his size because you saw that burst score, 99th percentile. This guy can fly. Like, he basically works for SpaceX. I think they're gonna right. have him go to the moon or something like that. This guy can you can jump, dude. <laughs> Holy crap! Him and Donovan. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, like he he's he's a great weapon if used correctly. I just. I like the route running of Mims and, and the separation of Mims and Jefferson. And I just think they're better. They're, they're more NFL ready. I guess you would say NFL ready. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can see like, especially in the slot. And I think that's where it's what we've been seeing a lot from these guys who've been breaking out in their rookie season is guys that go into the slot. Um, we, I mean, we saw, we saw Cooper cup do it two years ago. We saw Calvin Ridley do it, uh, Years ago, well, no, I guess Cup was three years ago. Ridley was two years ago. We, I mean, we just haven't seen a lot of rookie wide receivers break out, but over the past two or three seasons, we have, yeah. and I think it has a lot to do with the slot. So, I mean, that's why I think Jefferson could step into a monster role right away if if he lands with a a, a wide receiver needy team. Obviously, yeah. I mean, if he lands in in Green Bay, I like him a lot. If he lands in Philly, I like him a lot. He's he's a great route runner. He's a good separator. Um, he's elusive. He's, I, he's just he's a he's got great football IQ. I, I think he's just he's ready. And a great I, I name. Would not. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna call him JJ just so I don't have to call him Justin. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just I he, I would not be surprised if he was the rookie wide receiver one. In year one, yeah, I think this this whole entire COVID thing going on is also going to impact training camp and the rookie yep. reps. So it's going to be tough for these rookies to get going right away. You're going to probably see it later, and you usually see it. So, but Jefferson, I don't know. It depends on length, but I'm excited to see where these guys go in the draft. I think you're going to have Jefferson and Mims probably go first round. I think Rager, you may see in the first round, but second, you know, there's so many good wide receivers in this class. Uh, just so many good wide receivers in the NFL still. DeAndre Hopkins is among the top of the best wide receivers. So I'm wondering, is he a sell right now in Dynasty? I say he's the my favorite sell high candidate in all of Dynasty football right now. Stompy mentioned how people try to get out of wide receivers too early, but I want to hear what you had to say about DeAndre Hopkins and are you selling DeAndre Hopkins? You know, that that's a good question. <laughs> First of all, the trade. Let's talk about that. Okay. What you... Bill O'Brien. Okay, well, yeah, we know he's an idiot. Has no he reminds idea what me of doing. you Why would trading, you get rid of Hopkins? But you're not that dumb. <laughs> for David Johnson. Why? Makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, no sense. I think it might have to do with future cap stuff. Um, David Johnson, I believe, can come off the books after this year. 
with minimal cap or not i mean and minimize the uh, dead cap and deandre hopkins was due for a whatever a near 20 million dollar contract yeah. so <laughs> i mean i mean he's coming off of two seasons where he played 31 games 219 receptions over 3000 yards and 18 touchdowns right fitzgerald's not getting any younger it's going to help kirk rise into the top 25 wide receiver I think he's still going to be a top five wide receiver. No matter what, you're going to feed the beast, and he's the beast, right? The real, the real winner of this trade is Kyle Murray. Kyle Murray's set up for success Tyler in 2020, Murray, my guy, and beyond. He's set up. I mean, Hopkins could give Fitz a Super Bowl send-off. This team is going to be good. I mean, I don't know if you sell him. I, I think if you want to sell him now, you sell him now high. But I think he's still going to produce. I mean, like I said, the guy who wins is Murray. Murray's going to win on that trade. Yeah, this is not about Murray. That defense, that defense isn't good enough to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. No, they're bad. They're, <laughs> trust me, they're bad, Paul. They're bad. All right, so Stompy, are you selling DeAndre Hopkins? What do you? I would. Um, yes. I think the pairing with Kyler Murray has jumped their value too much. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't even know if it's jumped Hopkins value, but he's still like the wide receiver too right now. And I don't know if he can get the, enough targets to do that because they were, they were Kyler was ninth in attempts last year. Now they didn't throw it a ton, but they threw it a lot. Um, and they had 109 uh, targets to fits 108 to Kirk. And then after that, it kind of fell off a cliff. And David Johnson was actually third, I believe, with 47. Um, I don't know where the targets are going to come from. I mean, sure, he could get 120 targets easily, but he's needed 140 plus to be where he's at. So I, I just fear that. That's a good point. That's, he's that's not going point. to get the targets and the production necessary, especially with like four wide receivers uh, uh, a significant amount of the time. So uh, that's my issue. Like, I still think he'll be, I mean, he's still probably a a wide receiver one, but if you can get like a Galladay and 2021st, I would be selling Hopkins right now. Nope. No problem with that whatsoever. You you sell this man. And now I love DeAndre Hopkins. I love him like a brother. Me and him, we've been to many lunch dates together and we share a really close relationship as I have him across a couple of dynasty teams. But it's time for me to part ways with DeAndre Hopkins in dynasty. It's just the time is now. He's going to be 28 this season. We mentioned the shortened training camp most likely because of this whole COVID thing. He's changing teams. Typically when you see a wide receiver change teams, it takes a year to get adjusted to the new offense and build some chemistry with the quarterback. And he's still going in the first round in FFPC ADP. He's the wide receiver two stomp he mentioned in DLF ADP so you're able to sell this guy at that kind of value and reap in the benefits so I'm selling him for Miles Sanders plus I'm selling him for Austin Eckler plus I'm selling him for Kenny Galladay plus like Stompy mentioned so you can just get a lot for this guy right now and sure he's going to perform at a high level I think for the next one or two years but if you try to sell him a year later it's going to be a year later people look at the age like okay he's 29 now you're not going to get as much for him you can capitalize on the value right now I think and he's still like to proceed as I think he's going like ninth overall right now in Superflex. So I love selling this guy. I mean, I'm trying to sell him in my one league I have him left in 
I don't know. I don't know. I may try Galladay in the first. I'm, I'm trying to get Miles Sanders and more. I tried for Joe Mixon and Miles Sanders, but unfortunately that didn't work out that well for me. <laughs> but I'm just trying to get running backs for this guy because I want a running back who's young, not on their second contract yet, or maybe just starting their second contract, get a guy like that, or rookie picks. But I'm not trying to do it only for rookie picks because they're still unproven talents. But this year's running back class is enticing. So I'm selling him. And if you can get like the 201 in a, in a rookie Superflex draft or a 202 thrown in on top of what you're getting, I think I love that because that's the range where I'm taking Jalen Hurts and everybody in my rookie drafts. Oh, I love Jalen Hurts. I loved Lamar Jackson. Stompy loved Lamar Jackson. I know Stompy loves Jalen Hurts, baby. It's all about the Konami code. My QB3 in this class. And Herbert's, Herbert's going to be a better quarterback. I I mean, he, it's very well in the, in the possibilities. Just, I, I'm not... Justin just left. See you later, kid. Well, listen, He's got to go I, to bed. It's bedtime for him. Hertz has the highest ceiling of any of the quarterbacks in this class. Sorry, I'm back. He also has the <laughs> lowest floor. Yeah. Yes. Like it could be. I mean, you're you're taking a shot. Like Lamar was a is a better passer. Was a better passer coming out of school. I'm not saying Hertz is a horrendous passer, but his motion definitely needs some work. Um, I think he's a project. I think that if a team is going to take that him, they are going to do it knowing that he is a project he probably won't be ready for a couple years and they would have to build around him to make it work um i agree i'm take i would take a shot in this class because i don't necessarily love rookie wide receivers i've never been a guy to do that because like i said people move on from players way too quickly and you can buy those players for for a lot lower value than you get when they are picked so um that means like in Superflex drafts specifically, there's about four, maybe five running backs. There is two wide quarterbacks and two wide receivers I would be taking ahead of Hertz for sure. Mm-hmm. And then I would start thinking about taking Hertz in the like 1.08 to 1.1, 1.12 area yeah. in Superflex. I think the thing you're getting with Jalen Hertz is the rushing upside. And he has, a, like somebody mentioned, the highest ceiling out of anyone in his class. And that's what I like to see. So... If he were to say a quarterback injury happens and he were to get a start, he has top 12 upside just like that. And I'm going to plug him in my lineup over, say, a Justin Herbert, who doesn't have nearly as high as a ceiling because he has the ability to put up top 12 numbers any given week he's on the, on the field because he, prevents, he, he presents like a 50-yard rushing floor, plus who knows what he can do. And you're seeing more and more teams go for the athletic quarterback look rather than just a pocket passer. And I think the wave is just going to keep on happening. Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, you're now going to see Jalen Hurts. But as you, uh, Stompy mentioned, it's kind of more of a project. But crazier things have happened. I wouldn't be surprised to see this guy as a starter next year, not this coming year. But There's what, talk of him going to Pittsburgh behind Big Ben as a backup. Pittsburgh, I can see the Patriots drafting him. I mean, if, yeah, if he gets drafted in round two, this just bumps it up even more. The, the team Herbert hype train him. continues to gain steam. No, it's all smoke. Talking, it's smoke screen season. No, it is not. smoke screen. Yes, it is. Whenever he, he April hits, it's smoke screen. Tua. Miami might trade up to get him. You don't know what's going to happen. I think he'll either go to Miami or he'll go to Los Angeles. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, either one. Of them. I think Miami's going to trade up to get him. You watch. The talk was they're going to take Tua. Now they're now they're going to take Herbert. Watch. You can't keep reading everything you're seeing, bro. The draft's a week away. You got smoke screen season. Well, we'll have to wait and see. I, I think that Tua's going to go to the Chargers at three. I think that's. I think I see that trade up. Hopefully they make that trade up. And then I know that Miami's been talking to Jordan Love a lot. 
as an upside quarterback. So it's going to be an interesting draft, to say the it least. Is. It's going to be. I know the Patriots also like Herbert, but we'll see where he goes. But Jalen Hurts, I think, is going to be a nice little steal of the draft for any team that gets him. And yeah, that's going to do for the show today. But Stompy, before we get you out of here, favorite buy candidate across dynasty <laughs> leagues. I had this on the show, so you had time so to repair, but you got to No, get... no, no. I know. I, I Listen, it's I can't I can't pinpoint All right, one. Give us three. I, give, just, give us three. I'll just list names. Nah, Robert three. Woods, Brandon Cooks. Paris Campbell, uh, Preston Williams, uh, Nikhil Harry, yes sir, <laughs> uh, Justin Jackson, Boston Scott. Mm-hmm. Any uh, sure any upper tier guys that you would probably pay up for right now? I think Matthew Stafford's a great buy low candidate for quarterbacks, but any like running backs? I mean, I like Alvin Kamara. I I think a lot of people are sleeping on Alvin Kamara. He only had four touchdowns last season. In the previous two seasons, he had. 13 and 18. Yeah. So there's he's due for some positive regression there. Um uh, that's probably the guy that I've argued for. I don't I mean I don't know how much buy low is. Austin Eckler actually. That's a good one I could talk about. I picked him at 2.07 in a super flex startup. You don't have to do that. So, you probably give him the third or fourth round. You don't have to Stompy do that. did it to make I a did statement. it because <laughs> I well I did, I did I did it because when I look at the board I'm like I I just the val the the floor and the ceiling for Austin Eckler this season is high. I mean the ceiling we know is like the RB two and he was I believe the he was the f- f- number five fantasy point producer out of all the positions in his first four games without in the first four games without Melvin Gordon and then he was the RB ten no sorry RB seven after Melvin Gordon came back. So that tells you what his floor is and what his ceiling yeah, I, is. I and I think I couldn't agree with you more. I love Austin Eckler. So yeah, yeah I, I think Austin Eckler very, very easily could be a top five running back this season. Uh, if if last year was any indication. Yeah, my dad's love for Jimmy Graham translated to his love for Matt Ryan, and now it's translating to his love for Austin Eckler this year. It looks like it. Get him in every every draft. Um, oh, Melvin Gordon too, by the way. You Broncos. He's the RB twenty. He is he. In, according to DLF, he should be. I mean, he's going to be the starter. He's probably going to get sixty plus percent of the touches in Denver. So I mean, he could finish as an RB1 and going as an RB20 right now. So Yeah. Very well could. I like that. Stompy, for people that don't know where they can find you on Twitter or what you do in the fantasy industry, I'll give yeah. you a chance to um, shine right now. Go for it. So I'm at FF Stompy on Twitter. Um, started a website last year, I believe, trying to uh, add another, I guess, company or consulting firm <laughs> that you could – pick from so we help with both fantasy football and fantasy baseball go check us out it's ffmercs.com um, check out what we offer there uh, i'm on dynasty diagnostic which is on the dynasty trade calculator feed of podcasts superflex super show which is on dlf we also started a um, flagship podcast for ff mercs 
call it's just the ff mercs flag flagship so yeah you can kind of find me everywhere you're busy you're busy busy not wearing a leotard thank you for coming on the show stompy a lot of fun yeah Mr. Stompy, glad you're back 